rocking our way through hour number two of the show. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. Um, Eddie George, officially the head football coach at Tennessee State. Shay Ralph is officially, uh, I guess the news conference hasn't happened yet, but she's here and she's the new head women's basketball coach at Vanderbilt. And the draft is, gosh, what, less than three weeks away. So we got to keep our draft series going here and our talks going with Coach Mack. Coach, uh, we all have things in life that we're excited about and that we look forward to, like a little kid. I'm that way about the draft, but I got a feeling when it comes to the draft, guys like you and Rhett Bryan aren't much different. You love this time of year. Well, I absolutely do. First of all, how you doing, Mickey? What's up, Blaine? What's up? Uh, you know, yes. I mean, this is my 35th draft. Okay? Ooh. So uh, if you do something for 35 years, you either like it or you're really miserable. And I love it. <laughs> okay? So, I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. I, I, you know, I, I used to really like recruiting those 13 years I coached in major college football and evaluating talent. And when I got into the league, I learned that I had to readjust my whole evaluation process mm. and abilities. And I was very fortunate that Bill mm. Tobin took time to teach me, you know, uh, how to evaluate players. Seal Bracado helped me a whole lot, you know, as far as learning how to evaluate college players for projection into the National Football League. And so, you know, I, I, I've taken it very seriously every year because as an assistant coach, you know, when you were asked, you know, to write a report and then read a report in a room full of, you know, uh, with the head coach and with, with all the powers that be and the general manager, well, you better be, you know, pretty sure that you've got a conviction on what you're saying. Not that you have to be right or wrong. You just need a conviction and a reason why you're putting down, you know, some of these emphasis. So, as I say, for 35 years, I love it. I absolutely love doing it now that I'm broadcasting, you know, with, with, with Titans Radio uh, with Rhett Bryant. You know, when I first got here, Rhett asked me in the offseason. Uh, he loves the draft. He always has. He said, Coach Mack, I'd love to know really how it goes on inside a draft room, not on, only on draft day, but how do you set up a draft board? What is the process? And so he and I have been working very closely together. This will be the fifth year, and uh, it, it's really good. He's really good at it. He loves doing it. He digs some great information, and uh, this year will be no different. Uh, the, the draft show that he and I are doing with the month leading up to the draft is a lot of fun. And then I'm really looking forward to Titans Radio Draft uh, this year. Coach Dave McGinnis brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage and affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered. Getting the Mac attack right now on Blaine and Mickey. All right, Coach, tell us uh, exactly when that date is when, which is on Wednesdays, the time that everybody should tune in to 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, thanks, Blaine. Yes, it'll be it'll be it's Wednesdays uh, from seven to eight. It's live. It's just like Mac Talk was during the season. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that's on from six to seven. Mac Talk is uh, Draft Talk with Rhett and I is on from seven to eight on Wednesday nights right here on 104.5 The Zone. We take all calls. This week, we're going to be talking about the wide receivers and the tight ends. But if you want to call in and talk about any other anything else uh, uh, related to the draft, the Titans draft or the league draft, we're more than happy to talk to you. It's an hour that goes very quickly. We always have a lot of calls, a lot of Twitter questions to answer. And uh, the reason Rhett and I wanted to do it, because we want to just reconnect with the fans before the actual draft gets here. So thanks for asking, Blaine. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're on with Coach Mack. Uh, about to give us the real Mac attack. Coach, I want you to take us into being that you've been in the league so long when you were a coach and a head coach too at the same time, is do you change your objective when you know you have a really good team 
And you know this team is capable, and we know anything can happen in the playoffs, but you know this team is capable of winning a Super Bowl. And you're probably saying, okay, we only need a couple pieces. If we just keep rolling like we did, granted you're going to make some adjustments and evolve your team every year. But do you change your thought process on how you attack the draft and looking at players uh, and then also whether you want to move up or down or around or don't move at all? How, what is your thought process when you're sitting in that draft room and, you know, having your plan all the way up to draft on how you approach it when you know you have a playoff caliber team, potentially a Super Bowl caliber team here in the next couple of years? Yeah, Blaine, that's a very insightful question, and it's very relevant. And I will answer it, first of all, and say this. You always draft to your circumstances. You know, you always draft to your circumstances. And, it, and, and every team's circumstance is different, whether that be the personnel they have, you know, whether that be the, the situation with their staff, whether that be whether they're a brand-new staff, both scouting and coaching staff together. You know, a lot of it depends on your draft position. So the, the answer to your question is, Yes, you draft to your circumstances, and that is extremely, extremely important to understand. But to understand, but to do that, Blaine, you have to have a real good idea of who you are, just Mm -hmm. like you need to have an identity, you know, every week when you go out to play. You have to understand who you are on that on on that week in preparation for the opponent that you're going to, to, to face. The same thing when you approach an offseason, you have to understand where you are and who you are and then where you're trying to get to. And when I say you draft to your circumstances, I mean, and it takes everything into consideration. It takes it, it, it takes salary cap. It takes, you know, the, the age of your players at different positions at different places. You know, hopefully if you're managing things right, you've staggered things out as to where you've got your 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 roster layered and, and you have positions that are, that have people ready to come up and help. You have you have people that are ready to step in so you can let some people go because you're going to flip your roster 30 percent of the year. Anyway, in this year, as you guys well know, with a truncated salary cap, it's going to be extremely, extremely different. And then the evaluation process is a little is quite a bit different this year because it hasn't been much done in person. You know, they you know the combines canceled, uh, school visits are very restricted. So, but to your initial question, do you draft to your circumstances? Yes, every team doesn't approach the draft the same because every team's circumstances with all of those elements are not the same. Good stuff, good stuff. Coach Matt giving us the Mac attack from Titans Radio. I guess I have two questions. This is a kind of a biased question. We've kind of already, you know, talked about running backs. I just want to see where you have these guys or even if you know about these guys, and that's from my university, you know, they're at Ball State University. They have two players that – did their pro day, Duke Huntley, the running back. I think y'all have already done your assessment of yes. the running back, as well as the wide receiver, Antoine Davis, who was a Division II All-American who transferred to Ball State and uh, made, you know, second or third team Mac, uh, you know, eventually at the end of his career. Are they even rated as draftable players? I think are they're they both third, late third-day guys. Uh, uh, both of them. Blaine, you know, it'd be, it would be late third-day guys. And then what you what you would look at, and you, you talk about drafting and circumstantials in the draft. Say you get down there, you know, to the sixth and seventh round, and say you and and that's where that's where a lot of the compensatory picks are. 
Mm-hmm. Say you've got some compensatory picks down there and you're, and you're looking at your roster. And, and believe me, when you get to that point of the draft, you're looking at your board. You're looking at your, at your training camp board. And you're saying, you know, we've only got four running backs up here. And rather than have to scramble in, in the free agency period, that is the wild, wild west after the draft, give me some of these people right here that are at the, at the bottom of our, you know, of the second board, or that may be in the bullpen that you think might have a chance in camp. Give me those people. So we might draft one there so that we don't have to go through the angst that it takes, because I promise you the draft is nerve wracking, but that free agency period after the draft, that is extremely nerve wracking because all of a sudden, you know, everybody, it, it, it's wide open to everybody, and it, it becomes the wild, wild west. What the NFL did, you know, a few years back that was really helpful, it used to not be like this, is they set a limit on how much you can, you can spend on those players. Used to be it was as much as you wanted, you know, and so that made it real interesting too. So to answer your question, both third-day guys, they'll probably both have a chance at least to get into a camp somewhere. All right, and last question for me before I let Mickey take over, and that is Elijah Molden, the cornerback, slot cornerback for Washington, who it looks like a dynamo. He looks like a, a Cortland Finnegan-type player all day long. Where do you have him rated, and where do you expect him to go in the draft? And, and I, I think he fit with the Titans, but I, I'm sure they need a lot of different things that they're focusing on, but – he, he's a solid-looking player. I yeah, don't and, 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 and I like that you, you bring him up. I mean, to me, he's probably a second-day, early third-day guy. This guy has got some traits that you look at. He's not it probably as twitched up as the top-tier guys, but right. that's why they're there. But he still, he still is a very, very serviceable player, and I like him down there in the, in the middle somewhere because here's what I think he does have. I think he's got really good football savvy. I think he's I think he's instinctual and 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 he plays he understands how to play the game and as you said I think he could probably play outside and slide in there to that slot which as you well know Blaine and our listeners do too that's a starting position now in the mm-hmm. in the National yep. Football League so he's a very viable candidate. Well, with Coach Mack, we're Titans Radio giving us the Mack attack. No doubt, uh, you and Rhett doing a couple positions a week on those Wednesday night shows again, seven to eight right here on the zone. And I sent Rhett a message earlier. He said wide receivers and tight ends tonight. So I was going to ask you this because you and, and, and people who know the draft always talk about tiers of players. Yes. So how many guys are in your first tier of wide receivers, coach? How many guys are in your second tier of wide receivers? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to – right now, I'm glad you asked me about – we call them pods, okay? Uh, okay. We call them pods. Doesn't matter. We're talking about We're talking about exactly the same thing. I'll tell you how many wide uh, tight ends are in my in our top pod. One, okay? I mean, you know, it, 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 it's <laughs> – he's, 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 he's the guy that's in there. The wide receivers, there are six in the top pod. That doesn't oh. mean there'll be six in the first. It's a top pod of guys. We got six, okay. possibly seven, depending on if you want to lump all outside receivers and slot receivers together, or if you want to split those two positions up. But the wide receiver group in this draft, Mickey, Rhett and I just reset our pods last night, and it's a, that's a very relevant question you just asked. And uh, the wide receivers have a good number of people in the top pod, really the top two pods, and then we started setting the third pod and fourth and went, we've got guys here. 
that we think, you know, we'll be able to do something, you know, and again, I'm not talking about somebody that's going to come in and, and set uh, rookie records, you know, but I mean, I had a guy that came in in the second round and set a rookie receiving record, you know, in Anquan Bolin. So you never know where those guys are going to come from, but the receiver class in this draft has got players throughout. And I asked that because the Titans obviously need some help there, but maybe they've got somebody else they like in the first round, but it seems like there would be guys in the second or even the third round that you could go, gosh, this guy could really come in and plug in and help us in some way early on in his career. I think that's a very factual statement. It's a very factual statement and the circumstances, uh, Blaine talked about drafting to circumstances. The circumstances set them up this year with the number of players in the draft positionally that the wide receiver is a, is is group is a group that you could do that with. Um, Josh Palmer is a guy I've actually heard you talk about before. Tennessee fans certainly know him and, and I've heard you say nice things about him. Where is he day three guy for you? Or does he maybe sneak into the third round? Do you think he's a day two guy to me? I mean, okay. a, I, I, I like Josh Palmer. I don't say nice things, you know, about people just to say nice things. I mean, I, I just evaluate a player. And here's where Josh Palmer is a football player. When you watch it, you know, when I'm watching tape, yeah, I, I, I take out how good the team is. I take out who they're playing against. I look at traits. All right. And the first thing I do, you know, and I, I'll watch a player two or three times to see. But the first thing I look at, can he play football? Does he know how? Does he like to play football? Because as strange as that sounds, some of these dudes that are athletes don't really know how to play football. Okay, now, so to me, this guy's a football player. First of all, he's tough. He makes the combat catches. Uh, he's faster than people think he is. I mean, I saw him take off on two nine routes against top-tier corner yeah. in, in, in this draft. I like Josh Palmer, I, and, and, and I'm not saying anything derogatory about anybody that threw the ball at the University of Tennessee. I'm a big Vols fan, but he didn't have many people spin it to him on a consistent basis, all right? But this guy is a football player. I, I will say this. He will be a second-day guy. Somebody is going to take him on the second day. I like the player. I really do. Man, good stuff. Coach Mack just bringing the heat today, getting the Mack attack from Coach Mack here on Blaine and Mickey. Yeah, I completely uh, agree with that. And, you know, actually my son got to practice against him. He says he has the strongest hands on the team. Yeah, this guy's got some claws. Okay. No doubt about it. Only thing you can't really see with their offense they did last year with Palmer is him running multiple routes, which he got to do with, you know, the bowl games and in the all-star games, the senior bowl and things of that nature. Yes. Don't get to see that. Uh, But other than that, that was the only question there with him. I guess I have two relevant questions as far as in regard to the Titans. And that is Titans Oilers. First of all, I want to hear your thoughts on throwback jerseys for the Titans because they can throw back to the Titans jerseys that I was in and you were there as well. <laughs> Remember this? It's a throwback Titan jersey. And then also throwback to the Oilers jersey. And what your thought process is and how that mechanism works with the National Football League to get approval to do something like that, how how long that takes. But your thoughts on just throwback jersey in general once a year? I think they did it uh, for every team uh, that plays. I know they did in the Hall of Fame game when the Titans uh, were the Oilers at the time. Uh, but, you know, take us kind of through that and what your thoughts are on that. Well, first of all, there's two questions there. First of all, let's take the, the National Football League. It takes a while to get it through the NFL. I mean, it, you, you know, there, there's there's a lot of things that you have to do. Now, I'm a big throwback guy. 
<laughs> I love I love the throwbacks. I mean, I've been in this league for 35 years. Yeah. You talk about that Hall of Fame game. Yeah, we we yeah. played up there. We played up there against Buffalo in the Hall of Fame game, where AJ Trapasso ran the fake punt for a touchdown. Oh yeah, and I just yeah, I, remember, yeah. out, I about walked out of the press box then. I said, "We're done for the day." You know, <laughs> when he ran the fake punt for the touchdown, but I'm a big throwback guy, and I think the throwback Houston Oiler uniforms. Of course, you know, I grew up with the Oilers down there. I'm probably one of the only guys that's ever been to an Oilers training camp in Kerrville, Texas. Okay, at Shriner Institute. And that goes back to 1969. They had came there? 1969. Yes. So anyway. But I was not born yet. (laughs) uh, Again, I wasn't trying to get your birthday. (laughs) And so anyway, I've always, I've I've always, uh, I love the Oilers throwback stuff. I really do. But I'm a big throwback guy for the league. Because I mean, I just I, I just love the fiber and the fabric and the history of the league. I really do. But so count me as a throwback dude. Yeah, no doubt about it. I figured you would be. And I guess lastly, you know, it was big news, you know, uh, today. Eddie George uh, being the head coach there at TSU, and you know, there, there's talk of uh, Fishbone, a good friend of yours, as well as Brandon on the staff. Uh, just give us kind of your you know, in a nutshell, your thought process of, uh, you know, Eddie George now being a head coach with no head coaching experience. That's why you got Fishbone right there to help you out through that process. But the things that he can't control as an athlete that he did control that are out of his control now as a head coach. Yeah, well, first of all, Blake, I mean, you know, Eddie, even better than I do. But I know this and knowing Eddie, he didn't jump into anything without a lot of deep thought to it. A lot of deep thought, a lot of consultation. I will say this about Eddie George, any any enterprise that he's entered into since he's played football, he's surrounded himself with experts in that field to learn from. And then Eddie's not afraid of a challenge, as you as you well know. Eddie has got a, an immense amount of resources here to him in, in, in that in that area. You know, you talk about fish, he's got myself here who'd be glad to help him. I mean, I can remember when Ron Rivera and and you know and Mike Singletary uh and uh Les Frazier were talking about going into coaching, you know, and I was involved with those guys as players, talking to them. I mean, going all the way down to you know, all the to Peter Sermon when he was wanting to get in. Jay Norvell played for me at the Bears. He's a head coach in Nevada Reno now. So look, I've got 35 years of experience and I, I'm more than willing to do you know, to offer any kind of of, of answers to anything that, that Eddie has because I believe in Eddie George. And here's the other thing I believe in. I believe that Tennessee State has made a massive commitment. And I I was very impressed today when I was watching that press conference. I was out to, to see the affirmation from not only the athletic director, but the president. When the president of the university, there, there was a question asked about commitment and it was asked to the athletic director and the yep. president of the university said, I'll take that. That's a president's question. And then she went in. That impressed me. No doubt. He's getting support. We're all with Coach Mac, who always gives us support and knowledge with the Mac attack. All right. On the way out, Coach, two quick ones. One phone call, one tweet. Terrence on Twitter. We've talked about this guy a little bit before, but he asked, where would Zayvon Collins fit in the Titans defense? That's one. Then we had a caller who said, I don't want to be on the air, but I want to ask Coach about Kenny Gainwell of Memphis. So the fit for Zayvon Collins, maybe a quick scouting report on Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, Gainwell's a good player. I like Gainwell. The, the guy's a, a legitimate, legitimate player, you know, and has got some speed. I mean, I I, I like that player. Uh, Saban Collins, to me, is, is one of the most intriguing 
uh, evaluations and players in this draft came from Hominy, Oklahoma, which is right up on the, on the North border of Oklahoma. There's about 12 people in town when he leaves, it'll be 11. But anyway, this, this guy is a superb athlete and, and what they did with him at Tulsa was everything. I mean, to me, he would fit in any scheme. You want to run a three, four, this is, this is, this is your open side outside backer in a 34 can rush, can drop, can cover. I mean, I've seen him carry people up the seam. Uh, this guy's a space player at six, four plus 250 plus pounds. I mean, I like the athlete a lot. Both of those players. I like different types of players. I think Zayvon Collins is a first round pick. Okay. Gain well to me will be a second day pick. Man, I, we could go on with this all day, Coach, but we've already used up the whole segment. We got to you quickly today, so uh, just fantastic stuff. So people who want more, because the idea is we leave you want more, Wednesdays, every Wednesday leading up to the draft, 7 to 8 p.m., Rhett Bryant and Coach Mack. It's Mack talk. It's draft talk. And like you said, you guys take all the phone calls. I know you take questions from everybody. It is fantastic stuff. It is must-listen. Yeah, we love doing it. And I also want to thank, you know, uh, Randy Wilmore and Farm Bureau Health Plans for sponsoring that draft talk on Wednesday night. They're the best. Uh, I'm telling you, Randy Wilmore and Farm Bureau Health Plans, uh, I've, I've hooked up with a lot of good groups in the 12 years I've lived in Nashville. But those people down in Columbia, some of the best. Coach, you're some of the best. You're the best. We appreciate the time. See you guys. Thanks.